We are back for another episode of Bitcoin Magazine Live. It is I, your host, Q, coming to you yet again from my mother's basement. I'm joined by my co-host, P. How's it going, P? It's going fantastic. As always, the fiat zombies are behind me, reaching for me, clawing at me. Got to keep my, keep my mind sharp. Excited for well, the conversation today. We're going to keep the fiat zombies at bay as best we can today. We've got a jam-packed episode. We'll be kicking things off in just a moment with Lamar Wilson and Specific Mills who are joining us to recap their conversation with Bitcoin 22 and talk to us about what they're seeing around their communities. And then we're going to kick things off in the second hour with uh, Tom Luongo and a new episode of Fed Watch hosted by mm-hmm. Ansel. And I believe CK will be joining us, but if not, I'll just hijack it from him. You know the drill, Bitcoin Magazine Live. What is up, Lamar? What is up, Mills? What is going on? How y'all doing out there, man? I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, always. We got it. We got a shout out really quickly, Mills. The Pepe's in the background, created by none other than I believe his Twitter handle is Young Gucci T. Be sure to give Young Gucci T a follow on Twitter. One of the greatest Bitcoin artists out there. He's got some new prints coming out too, so you're not going to want to miss those. But needed to selfishly plug him there. Yeah, he's doing like a Pepe a day keeps the doctor away, I think, philosophy currently. And so he set this up for me. I also have a classic, uh, you know, Bitcoin B, uh, just to keep it balanced here. You got to have balance. That's so well hidden with the way you've like framed (laughs) your head. Like, not what I was expecting to pop out behind Mills' head. But okay, thank you for that image. Yeah, I just want to say, like, to me, that background just screams balance, like well-adjusted, balanced lifestyle. Someone who is perfectly sane and not in need of some friends, beer, or just anything. Moving on, though, I wanted to have the two of you who had the opportunity to sit down together during Bitcoin 22, share just what the experience was like being in Miami just now over a month ago, and what the experience was like being on stage, what you guys talked about. Man, it was crazy. Oh, ladies first. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Miss. Wow. It was a treat because it was kind of like the biggest meetup. It wasn't kind of. It was absolutely just the biggest Bitcoin meetup that has ever existed to date. So the energy was amazing. And just getting to meet so many people and see friends, it felt like a high school of running into people in the hallway of like, oh, what's up? How you doing? Uh, Just great vibes. Got to have so many good conversations. Loved getting to talk about community with Lamar, Brian, Justin, Kyle, and, and the different the different aspects of community building. And, you know, Lamar is really the the OG as far as building the virtual community, both with Clubhouse and in Facebook, just as for Bitcoin specific conversations has built a network that, you know, it's cool for me to see online community translate to offline and in person. And I got to meet quite a few of his squad afterwards, and it was it was really cool. I I really love your peeps. They they once someone came up and gave me the earrings out of her ears. I I she had these like really cool Bitcoin B earrings, and I complimented them, and she said you need them, and she just right then and there took them out. I took my current earrings out, and I I put them in and wore them the rest of the day. That doesn't say sanitary. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. It doesn't, but it also sounds very uh, community driven. So I love it. 
Um, Thank you, yeah, Lamar, I, for understanding. No, I have. Listen, I uh, that's have, gross as shit, Mills. Yes, it's pretty pretty tough. I hope um, the hepatitis was worth it. That's all I'm gonna say. Guys, a month later, I'm still good, so we're fine. She's good. She's all good. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, so so listen. Let's not get any rumors started. Last year, they tried to act like that the uh, Bitcoin conference started the entire COVID epidemic. And I guess this year it's going to start the hepatitis epidemic. So we don't get anything like that. Any of those rumors started. Um, but uh, no, it was awesome, man. Like, the, the event keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's nuts, man. It's, it's like really, really wild to see how big it can get. Um, it also shows you a lot about like as far as the demand that we always say is coming, I think that demand is going to come from the grassroots. I think from these communities that we continue to build, as many people as we've been able to even onboard into that first Bitcoin through social audio apps. And then I probably, Mills probably meets new people all the time that get people into Bitcoin that finally get them to understand it. Cause that's what we all try. That's what these communities are about. It's about trying to get people to understand Bitcoin. It's not about community the way these NFT cats be talking about. Oh, you know, you gotta have a great community and a great, no, it's not about that. It's about trying to get people to understand Bitcoin for themselves and make their own decisions, but really just to build that community around it because you wanna be around like-minded individuals so they can keep on, you know, China iron shopping sharpens iron. So yeah, I really loved it. I definitely enjoyed our panel, meeting all those people in person. Um, our panel was gangster. It was really gangster. If you haven't watched it, make sure you go watch that panel. Um, there was some hecklers in the crowd, uh, and I wish they would have Will Smith because um, I'm not Chris Rock. Uh, but uh, just let's just be real about the situation. Um, but outside of that, man, like I loved it, man. I loved everything about it. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. I can't wait till the next. Like, real talk, I can't wait to the next one. I absolutely love it. And just as a very gentle reminder to all of you watching, if you were not in attendance last year, but you wish you were, tickets for Bitcoin 23 are on sale right now. They will never be this cheap again. Ticket prices will be going up in just two days. So be sure to lock in your tickets now. All the announcements, when it will be, where it will be, everything else in between, like what color P's hat will be on the next drop. All of that will be announced next month. So be sure to lock in your tickets now. Not only uh, are these tickets going up in fiat terms, but because of inflation, the price is actually like magnified. Like, I mean, my math says like a million percent. So, you know, you're getting doubly fucked if you're waiting. And can, and can I say this just for the record? P, I am loving the mustache soul patch uh, combination. Um, I'm going to start calling you Stefan Ladouf. Stefan, Stefan Ladouf. You should speak just like that, like very hard for hundred percent. I mean, I, uh, earlier in a, in a call, I had a, uh, what I call the evil magician, which is the one okay. where it goes like all the way down a little bit too much. So I turned it into <laughs> this, which is just like half douchebag. It's, it's kind uh, of, no, no, not at all. There's no, there's no douchiness to it. And I, I really think like you could be in the princess bride, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of feel, I try. but most people y'all, y'all too young. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> oh, man. how dare you? Yeah. They like, I'm definitely the oldest person. Uh, y'all have to Google the Princess Bride to even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I have seen the Princess Bride. Let the record show. I have yeah, seen what? it multiple times. <laughs> probably from, from, probably why you would get breastfed. You're like looking at the corner of your eye. You know what I'm saying? Marriage. <laughs> also, inconceivable. Anytime anyone says inconceivable, I can't unthink. Yes. Inconceivable. <laughs> you have seen it. But no, but it's uh no nah, man, I, 
I love the whole Bitcoin uh, BTC media crew. Um, my question is to y'all, man, like, what have y'all seen from this? I, listen, I ain't supposed to be asking questions, but I'm going to. Um, what have you guys seen as far as communities growing? Have you seen more meetups popping up on the scene? You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing um, across the nation after the after coming together as such a mecca. It's almost like a mecca of Bitcoin. Like, have y'all seen? I'm gonna, I'm going to take this first, if I may, because I know that Mills and P, I'm going to dox both of you, are in the same city. If I if, if that's okay to, to have announced it, I'm in the warehouse. We know where our warehouse is. But thank <laughs> you, you for your respect. Do we though? Because I don't. <laughs> Anyways, though, um, I will say this: like I live in Los Angeles, massive city. In all honesty, like the meetup scene, it's so like siloed off here where you have like some people who meet up on the west side of LA you have some people who meet up in West Hollywood you have people who are doing meetups in downtown and OC it's very spread out and very recently shout out Ulrich and shout out Casey Carrillo uh, who dragged me out of my mom's basement to come join them for a meetup being hosted like not too far from where I am in LA and like you could actually hear it in the conversation with people where they were like you know like there's no Bitcoin meetups for like this area can we just start doing this regularly guys and like people wanted and have that appetite um and i think it's a little bit to do with the conference and the excitement of it and seeing everyone because look when the price is down you have every reason to be sad you have every reason to be pissed you have every reason to just sort of like back away and say like fuck it like that's what a majority of the people do but those who are convicted are looking for new ways i think to get further entrenched in bitcoin and as a result, like, I personally feel like I'm seeing like more liveliness out of the meetup community, at least here. I'll, I'm going to kind of probably misquoted a little bit, but Matt O'Dell tweeted on Thursday, had such a great time chilling with a couple hundred Bitcoiners, didn't realize that the price was down until the next day. You know, like we had such a good meetup last Wednesday. It was mining focused and it was just it feels like a reunion each time and there we're monthly currently in Nashville um, but it is just it is when the price is down when the price is up you know when the price is down it's the real ones and it's kind of hey it's support but it's the people that have been there regardless and you know aren't fair weather fans if you will yeah I mean, I was gonna say it's when the old dogs come out so when all the pirates, the scurvy guys, they've been through all the storms, they come out with like the one leg and the patch on the house. And they're like, keep yeah. on going. Hey, I've had scurvy. I'm not I'm not a pirate, but I've had scurvy before. <laughs> really? Dang. Well, I really okay. have. Oh, no. Eat some so vitamin C. So you got hepatitis, hepatitis scurvy. Like, what are we doing here, Mills? Are you just like a Petri dish over there? Like, what is going on? Go ahead, though. Go ahead, P. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say, I mean, we talk about this a lot, but like, you know, the, the bull markets are super fun because everybody gets super excited, but like the sideways markets are where, and the bear markets are where like the work get, actually gets done. And uh, yeah, I was there as well. And uh, it was, it was phenomenal. It was a really, the space is really, really cool in Nashville. Uh, it's sort of this like horseshoe setup where like, you feel like you're like five feet away from the people that are speaking. It's also like, none of it is recorded. So it has this like real sense of like, it's this like ephemeral conversation. People were swearing at each other. They pulled out knives. They were like, oh shit. There were like trade secrets revealed. Um, I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy. I need to seven, come. Seven that, out I'm of five that, stars. I'm not that far from you, man. Y'all need to tell me when it happens. I will yeah. definitely make a trip. That's yeah, nothing. You, 
you done fucked up by not being there, man. Dang. Man, I, I can't wait to come to the next one. All right, well, Lamar and I look like we're going to come to the next Nashville meetup. So, Mills, plan, plan accordingly if you, if you Invite can. Invite is always open. I may or may not be speaking, actually, at the next meetup. So maybe, maybe not. But uh, regardless, Invite's always open. Second Wednesday of every month. And just in case. We're Nash Bitcoiners on Twitter, and that links to our meetup page as well. And just in case people don't know, I don't, if you're, I don't know if you said this, Q, but uh, Mills is uh, one ventricle of the beating heart. No, there's four ventricles in a heart. Fuck. Uh, like one half of the beating heart. The whole heart. The Nashville Bitcoin uh, scene. Her and Rod have done a fucking amazing job of uh, really rallying everybody. It's amazing. Thank you. And, it's and been Mills, fun to watch us graduate. That was one of the things you brought up on our panel. You were talking about us having, like, being able to be more intimate, but it seems like I had a couple hundred people. Like, how intimate can you get with a couple of hundred people? Like, did that feel intimate still, or was it more like, this is more of an event, it's almost like a mini conference. Like, how did that feel to you? To be honest, it felt like a mini conference because there were three segments of programming, and it's not that, I mean, I love having an educational-based meetup, I just also know that everyone has a certain capacity to soak up super dense, somewhat technical information. And there, it was kind of like there were two meetups. There was the outdoor having a white claw, having a beer, hanging out in the, on the patio. And then there was, you know, the sessions inside, which I think anyone could say even about Bitcoin 2022, like there, yeah, the talks are a part of the conference, but also the ancillary, the social dynamic, that's a part of the conference as well. And that's where you get the intimacy. I think it's hard. Yeah. When you get numbers like this, when we get a crowd like that, it's hard to have face-to-face time with everyone. There were people there that I'm sure I didn't see their face, you know, just because once you scale it, you lose that. And I think one of the things we talked about on the panel was what's made possible by something and what's made impossible by something. And by having a larger number, there is a different energy and there's a different amount of, you know, being able to introduce people to, you know, we had so many people from out of town come, which is incredible. But also there's a lot of locals that, you know, they're getting to meet people because people are coming to town, coming to Nashville. They're getting to meet people that they wouldn't normally, you know, cross paths with on the day to day. So that's a, that's a win, but yeah, you can't talk with everyone that you want to talk with. You can't have the length and, and depth of conversation maybe that you would. So it encourages people, I think, to stay a couple of days. So don't book just a one day. Like, well, we usually hang out a little bit the day before. We usually hang out the day after. We, we actually legitimately just like being together and talking. And we don't always only talk about Bitcoin, but, you know, we can't help ourselves sometimes. That's cool. So, so I guess my question is, um, do you think that in the future you're going to try to build more of an online community as well to kind of feed those types of communities? Because that's the reason why I'm saying this, because when we left, you know, that panel, I said, we have a party, we're going back to a party, and that uh, party was gangster. It was really, it was very nice. Um, Mandrick I wasn't was invited. Thanks for, Thanks for the invite, Lamar. Oh, it was a paid party, so I don't think that would have, you know, everybody <laughs> But uh, party so, don't start until I show up. Everyone knows that. Hey, Come on. Shout out, shout out to Rizzo. Shout out to uh, 
Mandrick for coming through with the baklava. Uh, shout out to, because this is the reason why I'm shouting those people out is because a lot of people just think because we're Black Bitcoin billionaires, there's only Black people. But there was a whole group of individuals. It was Hispanic people, or Latino people there. It was um, definitely Black people there. It was some white people there, right? It was like all types of people there, like gay, straight, like, and I think that's what I like. Like when we get in person like that, like, and you get to talk to people in their face and see who they are. I think that that actually does take that social level, that online part to the next level, but we wouldn't even been there if it wasn't for the online part. So it's like, I think they all work together, right? I think the online part kind of gets people ready and revved up. And then it's like, you get to meet a person. It's like, ah, oh, that's who you are. Man, this baklava is good. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that kind of thing. So also, I was going to ask you, do you think you'll build like more of an online community as well, just so you can kind of feed into these types of, you know, groups that you yeah, have? Yeah, I would say probably not. I mean, our, our Twitter has more followers than our meetup group has members. But also what I'm seeing happen and has just kind of naturally like happened overnight is more meetups, more casual hangs. Where Bitcoin Magazine is hosting a pretty chill, informal weekly happy hour at different local places in Nashville. It's not, you know, there's no programming. It's just, hey, we actually just we can't wait a whole month to see each other. So let's do this more often. And I'm watching more in-person spin-off meetups, and it's. You know, it's not competition. We're we're all just so excited to grow the community. More people are moving here, but also the people that have already lived here are discovering us, and our network of Nashvillians is also growing. So, as far as growing an online presence, I don't necessarily. I'm not investing any time in that, but supporting all of the spinoffs, I'm doing. I'm trying to go to as many as I can. But I mean, I went to four in a row, four nights last week in a row of different Bitcoiner social activities, which is amazing. And I feel so popular and so loved, (laughs) but, but also like, I don't know if I can, this, this can't be every, we can't hang out every day. I have other non-Bitcoiner friends that I have to, you know, still convert. I still have to orange pill some, some normies, you know, that I, that I'd love. So you don't like the, you don't like the, um, echo chamber style you rather you like a missionary or something like you're trying to go where bitcoin has never gone before that's what you trying to do i got you i got you so my big q i'm asking all these questions man i'm just in a good mood man I just... don't you understand my bad this is always about having a conversation that's what all of this is um i want to present a question back to the two of you you guys have both become very integral parts of community within bitcoin and i'm curious yep. We're in this very interesting point in Bitcoin history, and it's not a point in Bitcoin history where we're not familiar with. And I say that because of last week's incidents with Luna and Terra, and you're starting to see some Bitcoiners kind of welcome in people who made mistakes, people who were shitcoining, people who went down the wrong path, went to the dark side, whatever analogy you want to say. How do we, in your opinion, obviously, help these people to see the light and welcome them into Bitcoin without them feeling like judged against, without them feeling attacked for making these mistakes. So I think there's the, that fine line 
where we can either convert a lot of people to like see, hey, you were kind of right, but then you went down the wrong path. You veered off track a little bit. Bitcoin is the right track and here's why versus like making them feel so much animosity. Like, dude, I, I lost so much money trading that doge shit and like, dude, fuck crypto. Like, nah, it's all scam. How do we avoid that? The first thing, first thing I think, man, is that a, a lot of these cats out here, and y'all know one of my favorite terms is yellow belt maxi, right? But it's not from a standpoint of me trying to be like facetious. It's really about saying you don't know enough to really speak to people. And so because you don't know enough, the only thing you know to do is to continue to keep kicking them. Because that's all you know. Like you don't know, you haven't learned enough. And so what I always say is, is that the first step to bringing people in who are outside, make sure you start educating yourself so you can show them why. Because that's going to give people more than like just cussing them out and telling them have fun staying poor. Like show them why messing around with a freaking stable coin that is tied to Bitcoin and dollars is probably not going to be stable. And what the heck were you thinking in the first place, right? But show them why, right? Like explain to them why that that doesn't work. Or show them why Ethereum sucks. Don't just say Ethereum sucks. If you can explain to them why Ethereum sucks, I've seen that that has actually done a lot because a lot of people come in from a marketing perspective. Like they just get marketed to and so you have all these talking points. You got this whole room of people saying the same exact thing. And it becomes like this. It just becomes a, a marketing ploy. And so they buy into the marketing part of it. And there's not enough information about why these things suck. So then they wind up buying into it, lose money. And then you, and then when, you when they come to you, you just like, you're stupid. Why did you listen to that marketing? And it's like all of us has bought crap before. All of us has bought things that we had no business buying because we didn't have enough information because somebody sold us a shirt that you know was tied down a certain way and then when you watched it it was gone you know what i'm saying like we've all run into that so instead of like like have some humility about it and, and understand that you've been there before too but then also have the information to share with them why because i think the why part is like this is the time to do it like p said it this is the time to build this is also the time to educate yourself like get off the freaking hype train get off the moon train and go pick up some freaking books and get in some rooms with people like P, try to get in some rooms with people like JC, uh, D++, even myself sometimes, and learn so that when new people come in, you can tell them why. And I think that'll help orange peel them a lot better than like cussing them out real tough. Yeah, I would say, and this is going to maybe sound redundant, but remembering that people are human and we've all made mistakes. And it's also okay and, and I think you made a good delineation cue between judging people and also, yeah, Lamar, like there's education, but education, if someone hasn't had their mind kind of opened or they haven't shifted, giving them facts are probably just going to roll off. They're probably not in the place where they need, they're looking for the why. So I think more than anything, it's asking questions and it's, when I'm talking to someone that doesn't understand Bitcoin, I'm always going to try and figure out what motivates them. What do they care about? Do they care about freedom? Great. Do they care about human rights? Like there, there are so many on ramps to Bitcoin that it requires you understanding who this person is and what they value. And I'm going to make a sweeping blanket statement here, but a lot of people that have fallen for a shitcoin scam 
they are probably valuing and prioritizing money and whether that's, you know, fast money or they're in a bad place financially. And so it's not necessarily that they're looking for a get rich quick. They're just looking for a way to turn a high investment, right? And so I think there's a place to have mercy on what was someone's motivation and why did they buy Doge? Why did they, you know? And I think once you ask a question and can hear that answer, I think that's a great on-ramp to then say, all right, well, let's talk about it. But if someone doesn't want to talk about it, it's really hard to have a conversation with someone about something that they are not open to hearing your point of view. And I think one of my favorite things about the Bitcoin community and why I would hang out with Bitcoiners four nights in a row is it's okay to disagree within Bitcoin. You don't have to believe every single thing the same because there's a through line that you do agree on. And that is kind of the true north. And that's where there's this protective nature that I think a lot of Bitcoiners, I, I describe myself as a too toxic maxi often because I do want to keep the conversation, I want to I want to know that I'm with like-minded individuals that are valuing, that have the same, you know, priority. And if someone's only prioritizing money, typically in my experience, that's kind of where the altcoin argument and the, you know, different deviations come into play. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's very true. I just think that people who don't want to hear it, they're not going to come anyway. Right. So when they come, it's almost like uh, the teacher will appear when the student is ready, that kind of thing. Um, I think that's what always winds up happening, because most people, they don't even know they want to know about Bitcoin until they start talking to somebody about Bitcoin. Like real talk, like if you bring it up, like, hey, you heard of Bitcoin? Oh, yeah, I heard of that thing. It's a scam, ain't it? And it's like and from that point, you can start talking to them. Um, but no, I, I think you're I think you're right. I think we're going to. These types of cycles right now, like what's going on, I think one of the hardest things to hold yourself back from is I told you so, right? I think it's, a, it's like, uh, I, I want to say it to you so bad because you sat here and cussed me out, chased me around the internet, made rooms about me on Clubhouse. And now I just want to say, I told you so, so bad. You was calling me such a maximus. But it's you just got to hold, hold it back and say, look, everybody runs through this. And what I call it is paying tuition. Just look at it as you pay tuition. And it's only tuition if you learn from it. If you went to school and realized that what you just got into was bad, then it's tuition. Otherwise, you just dumped all your money down the drain in the casino. So <laughs> it's just either too sad. Either you learn from it or you didn't. And I think that's what, we, that's what we're dealing with right now. And who's to say? Like, we don't know where the markets are going. It can go down even further. And the question is, like, some of the people who got in in 2017, will they be some of the Right, the people that oh my gosh, I'm I'm below where I was. I'd have been in so long. I'm like I said, I'm, I'm missing the leg. I got a patch on my eye and a pair on my shoulder. Like I just been around through a bunch of storms, right? But what happens when if if the market? I mean, the macro situation in the markets right now is really driving a lot of this. And um, who's to say that you know we don't have a downturn period? And and I don't even think Bitcoin has been through a real recession. Right. I don't think the, as long as Bitcoin has been around, has Bitcoin ever dealt with the recession? You know what I'm saying? Like what happens? Right. What happens if we deal with a recession? What What is Bitcoin doing in that environment? Right. 
Define, um, Lamar, define for us just what you mean by a Bitcoin recession there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just uh, I don't think Bitcoin has ever gone through a time when uh, the world has been in a recession, right? And so Bitcoin hasn't had to deal with that. We've had inc- incredible growth. Think about it, 2008, the response, the Bitcoin response, 2008, 2009 was because of what was going on, right? And so from that point, we've had incredible growth in the, in the, in the world as a whole. And so now we have like what could potentially become a recession and we've never seen how Bitcoin, how people react with Bitcoin during a recession. And so I think we're going to have, it's, it, we keep, uh, <laughs> we keep forging new hotness every one of these cycles. Like that's what, that's these, this is the fire that forges hotness. I promise you, this is the, like the people who wind up holding because they actually understand it always comes from situations like this. They usually get out of some crazy bad ICO or right now bad NFTs or whatever they in, whatever crap they in, they move into Bitcoin and they're like, I finally realized which one is the truth. And now I'm the hodler. And the last cycle brought about a bunch of hodlers that are a little bit different minded <laughs> to the fight people on Twitter. Um, this, this cycle might bring somebody else around, but I think this, these are the times that actually forge the hodlers. And I think if, if we actually have a global recession, which we're seeing, look, did you see what's going on with the food, with food supply and all of that? Like we haven't dealt with that kind of stuff with Bitcoin yet. Like Bitcoin, Bitcoin has made it through a lot, right? We know it's come through a lot. Um, and I think it, it's going to keep going through a lot because it's like at the end of the day, TikTok next block. Like, I don't think that's going to change anything, right? The, the nature of what Bitcoin is, is going to be the nature of what Bitcoin is. And that's why I love it. I just think that the sentiment around it um, could change just based on what's going on in the, in the macro environment. We're going to see how many people who say they're hodlers, how much they're, they're willing to hodl. You know what I mean? So this, I think this is just a weird environment. And that's why community matters. Right. Nothing's better than having community. When there's a crazy storm, right? What do you who comes together after all the houses are down? The community come together and start picking it back up together. Like that's why community is powerful. That's why having a like, um, a, a, what did I say, common unity, having a like thought, right, is powerful. And I think these are the times that the community is very important. So I also think, I mean, too, exactly what you're saying, there will be some separating wheat and chaff. I, I think there are people that maybe, maybe they call themselves Bitcoiners, maybe they don't, but there are people that trade Bitcoin, that view, that view Bitcoin as maybe not the full picture of what Bitcoin is or could be. And I think that will be really interesting to see, especially how that shakes out if yeah, I mean, more people will probably join, but I also think we could lose some people that, you know, maybe they weren't real followers. And, uh, you know, I always, it's not a cult. It just, you know, all the cult language just kind of, it works <laughs> so well. It's so, it's so natural. But I think it'll be very, it'll be very interesting to see. And I think, I'm not saying I want the global economy to collapse. And, you know, there's a lot of suffering that will happen. And I think, you know, from COVID and supply chain to now, even with food supply, it kind of, it begs a question of, you know, what's going on under the surface. And 
and maybe I'm just an eternal optimist. And I, I know that I am very full of hope that in some ways, this is a stage for Bitcoin to help a lot of people. And I don't know what's going to happen with the price. I don't, I don't really look at the price of Bitcoin, if I'm being honest. I, uh, sometimes I see it every once in a while, or I hear it, someone says it, but it's not, a, it's not the defining, you know, one Bitcoin is one Bitcoin. And, and that's kind of, and there's going to be 21 million ever. And if, if, if I'm not living, oh, the price is up and the price is down, and that's affecting how I'm viewing my bank account or my life or anything, you know, I'm, I'm kind of putting, I'm being dependent on Bitcoin rather than being freed by Bitcoin. You are, but like, if we want to really break that down, like, we have a current reliance on the systems in place and what we are inevitably going to do for a vast majority of people, in my opinion, at least, is we're just simply going to move that reliance from one entity over to another because the vast majority of people, again, just in my opinion, are not going to be able to interact or at least not have the knowledge enough or care enough or whatever the reason is to really understand Bitcoin in the same way that most people don't really understand money, credit markets, et cetera, the economy in general. So I'm curious, both of your thoughts on just this idea that we need to get everyone to really understand and appreciate Bitcoin versus we just need to onboard and have everyone use it, but not necessarily understand it. Hmm. I think um, the problem with just onboarding people and getting them to use it is that uh, as fast as you onboard them, they'll get off. Like, I think that's really what it boils down to. I think, um, I mean, Mills over here dropping all of this biblical stuff. I think through all that getting, you got to get an understanding. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's the part of us as the grassroots community folks to, to kind of get people to understand it. Like, I, listen, I don't care what you do. Let me just make sure I say that plain. Go buy what you want to buy. I am a freedom person. Right. Like, I don't give a crap what you do with your money. Like, I always tell people, your wife ain't my wife. So I don't know what will happen if Bitcoin drops crazy and y'all have an argument in your household. Right. I, that's not my business. All I want to do is just give you enough information to make your own decision. And then we all go our separate ways. And I think that is when you come to an under when it's about getting to understand it's something that you have to seek in the first place. And hopefully you're around the right people or people who actually know what they're talking about. And you can discern good information for misinformation in this environment. And I think the great thing is, is that this type of stuff, like these types of markets, this type of situation, the Terra Lunas, they're making people question a lot. That's really, this is the trial by fire. Like, matter of fact, I was talking to a guy today and um, I was just trying to explain it to him. It was a politician, he's running for office. And he was like, man, I wanna know how, how is Bitcoin gonna help people, right? And he said, he, the way he looks at regulation, after I talked to him, he was like, the way he looks at regulation is like Bitcoin's like gold and everything else is false gold, like fake gold. And he said the regulation should be, we should be able to test things against Bitcoin, which we know that's not going to change. And if everything else can't be tested in the same way Bitcoin is from a decentralization standpoint, from the standpoint of being censorshipless, from it not being a security, then those things need to go away. That's what he said. And I was just thinking in my mind, well, you basically saying everything needs to go away. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Um, but that's but that was his understanding. He just came to that understanding today. 
And I think that's what happens. Like, as you start to talk to people, they start to understand it. And I, I truthfully think that is far more important than just onboarding anybody because a lot of people are onboarded through sheep and Doge and all these other things. And then you hear these rooms and people trying to tell people, listen, it's just a storm. She will come back. Like they talking like we're talking without the foundational basis, right? So do you disagree that everything should just go away and all we're left is Bitcoin? You don't Yeah, you don't I mean, for me, for me it's not a, I don't give a crap about it going away. That's what I just said. I don't give a crap. Like it could be here all day. I just the thing I the thing I enjoy is that I get to choose which one I want to use. And that's it. And it's Bitcoin. Everybody looks at me as being like a maximalist, right? So it's like for me, I'm, I can't say I'm like the maximum self. Like, you need to get, I don't give a crap what you do. That's all I'm saying. It's about my freedom. I'm going to choose what I do for my life. You do what you're doing over there. I don't give a crap. You can go buy a whole box full of rabbit poop. It doesn't bother. It doesn't mean anything to me. So you know what, I mean? what about the people that, that aren't educated and that don't know, and they're putting a lot of their money and maybe their life savings, and they're putting themselves in a bad uh, financial place? You don't care that they're losing their no, money and no, 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 I don't. Cause you know what I don't, you know what I don't like? I hate laws that try to protect me from me because I have a different perspective on it. And why is that? Because in this same country, like somebody like me who didn't have a whole lot of money, couldn't invest in Amazon when it first came out. Right. Even though I have a, a literally a box full of stuff about Amazon because I was such a fanboy of what was going on in it. But, I but how do you see? But how is Bitcoin prohibitive? You can you can buy five dollars. You can no, buy. I'm not saying Bitcoin. No, but I'm not saying Bitcoin either. So I'm then, like, why do we need shit coins? We don't need them. I didn't say we need them. I said that it doesn't matter. I'm. Uh, what's the word? I am. Uh, what's the word? I'm indifferent. Different. I care less. Yeah, I can care less. Build what you want to build. There's all kinds of stuff in the supermarket. I'm not well, the kind of person to say you have to buy this kind of food because this me, is healthy for you like i'm only gonna put apples on the shelf and not cheetos it's like nah cheetos and apples can both be on the shelf i'm gonna just buy my family apples if you want to buy cheetos it doesn't matter to me i'm a i'm a capitalist i'm a freedom guy you sell what you want to sell people can buy what they want to buy if you lose your money because what i really believe you should have the right to lose as much money as you have the right to gain it. that's how i feel most people don't even have the don't even have uh, ability in certain situations to even lose their money. Like they 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 literally advertise in in communities like where I come from. They literally advertise the lottery, right? Literally advertise the lottery, but those same people couldn't at a time invest in businesses that was right down the street. That's some bullcrap. And it's like, oh, but we're protecting you. We don't want you to lose your money in these businesses. So I don't believe I don't fall for the okie doke. It's like, let everybody have access to whatever they want to have access to. Your argument is valid, Lamar, because like I use the same argument when I talk about like, like I still can't invest in private <laughs> rounds of businesses, even though like I arrogantly think I'm business savvy enough to understand the risks and calculate it accordingly. And yet at the same time, they're legalizing online sports betting because the risk reward ratio and understanding of that is easier to understand than just investing in private markets for, for my protection. I call, I call that complete and utter bullshit. And I agree with you in that context. However, where I think I'm differing with you, Lamar, is on two points here. The first is, is, well, yes, I agree. Like 
I like to eat a whole foods diet when I go to the grocery store. I don't shop in the middle of the aisles, but it's not on me to tell whoever's shopping in there. Like, yo, that shit's actually fucking nasty for you. You're going to give yourself whatever disease, sickness, and vice versa though. I shouldn't be told, hey man, like all that healthy stuff like tastes like shit. Like we're going to stop selling as much healthy food because it it's too risky for me who doesn't want to get or doesn't want to see all these healthy options. And that's where this issue is right now, where we may all be on the same page that, dude, it's a free fucking world. Do whatever you want to do and respect that I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And it's not going to harm each other, but it is harming each other in the sense of Bitcoin and altcoins because we keep getting clumped up into this mess. And you have legislators who don't know what the fuck they're doing, even how to tie their own shoes, let alone how to pass a law. And now we want to introduce blockchain technology and but make then, sure they understand the difference but, between the nuanced difference right. between Bitcoin and crypto at large. But that's, that's why, start- but that's what I'm saying though, Q, like today, he learned from me and that's what he came to, that we need to have two separate things, burn up all the other stuff and only Bitcoin exists, which is what I'm saying. But if you ask me, like I could care less about the other stuff because other stuff's going to pop up. It might not be altcoins. Next time it'll be scratch off tickets. It'll be daisy chains. It'll be, it'll be stuff that ain't got nothing to do with anything. My whole thing is, is that keep educating people on Bitcoin. If you can't tell the diff- tell why the difference between the two, then you're going to mess around and have people just saying to you, because I do this all day. I sit in these, uh, in the room all morning. They call themselves DGNs and they call me the uncle that's always yelling at them about stuff. But I'm like, the thing is, is that I'm not really, they, and they know it, it's all in love because I'm like, you have to use your head. Like the stuff you over here betting on, yeah, you know it's a casino, but why would I even sit here and be like, oh yeah, it's great for you to go keep playing craps every day with your bill money. That's stupid. So there's, think about it. Las Vegas exists already. So my whole thing is, is like, if I, everything burns up, great, that's fine. But my whole point is I don't, I'm not the kind of person that's like, it has to burn up for Bitcoin to exist. I feel like the stuff's going to burn up. I feel like the storm's going to come and knock a bunch of this stuff out and that Bitcoin's going to exist because of what Bitcoin is. It don't, I don't need extra help from other, I don't need regulation because what, here's the problem. You start taking one, you pull the thread of, of freedom and the next thing you know, you lose all your freedoms. That's what I'm and saying. I'm, I'm not trying to- absolutely. I'm not trying to say we have legislation, and I absolutely agree. Education is the key here. But I'm going to use your supermarket analogy, and I'm going to take some liberties with it, and we're going to go on a wild ride. So the outside of a grocery store is usually refrigerated. It's where the power is, and that's where the whole food, you know, the the produce, the the dairy, the meat. Inside, shelf-stable food. So... Imagine we have a GMO shelf-stable fresh food lookalike. So we've got some. Oh, it's it's steak. It's but it's on it's on the middle of the shelf. Well, why is it here? If you don't know that steak needs to be refrigerated to stay fresh, you might just buy that steak and think that you're buying real proper food if you don't have the education and you don't understand the difference. And I'm not trying to say that people don't know that steak needs to be refrigerated, but in this instance, there are so many people, what Q's saying, they don't understand that Bitcoin 
is not the same as all of these other altcoins, shitcoins, alternatives. And so without education, yeah, you're, we're letting, we're letting the, the shelves kind of rob people. So, I mean, I don't know if this landed or if I really lost it. No, I got it. No, this. I got no, okay. no, no. Listen, I got you, but I'm going to ask you this one simple question. Why is it not? See, I think every time we take the personal responsibility away from people, that's how we get into the situation we are. Like if I'm buying, if I'm buying a uh, shelf ready steak off the middle of the aisle, that means number one, I don't know what steak is. Number two, I didn't do my research to make sure I'm going to buy steak. Right. And if I'm just buying it based on it, guess what? Maybe I just need to eat some and throw up one time and pay my tuition. Like that's really what it boils down to because at the end of the day, like you're not going to be able to stop everybody from going in the grocery store and buying whatever. It don't have to be altcoins. So it's like, just leave it there and leave it the personal responsibility on every individual to educate themselves so that they can make sure that they limit the amount of risk that they take to their body. If we was all in the freaking woods, a raspberry probably looks like another berry that is exactly the, that one's poison and one's not. So the only way you can almost tell which one's not, you pop that sucker and somebody falls out. It's like, oh, he died. Don't eat that one. Let's keep it moving. Like, that's really where we at. Like, you got to have the personal well, responsibility out here. But, but hold on. I feel like that's, you know, uh, I don't actually feel like that's doing you justice, Lamar, because one of the things that, uh, you know, you and I met on Clubhouse. Right, and right. I would basically spend hours trolling people, going into like XRP rooms and just like, I, I had like, and I still do, I have like endless patience for just like being in there and constructing these like large, these like, you know, weird farces and logical arguments and everything. And I took a lot of pleasure in that. It was very fun for me as someone who identifies as a Bitcoin maximalist to just like dunk hardcore on, and not, not on the people who were being taken in by this stuff, but the people right. who were promoting those things, right? Uh, and there was a certain point where I had to kind of look at myself in the mirror and being like, am I doing this because I enjoy like uh, just crushing people with like, you know, uh, logical arguments or these carefully constructed uh, conversations about like random stuff and wasting their time. Um, am I actually helping? And I still do it because it's very fun. But my, but you, you I, one thing that I was always very impressed with you about is that you would, you had the same level of patience more than I did actually, but you would go into these rooms and you would have like genuine conversations with people for hours. Whereas I would just be like derailing conversations intentionally and talking about just like random shit and animal genitalia and where the fuck I wanted. Um, but you would actually engage with these people and try to educate them. And so I think there's like kind of a disconnect between, and that, that like you, you quickly developed a, a reputation for that. That's part of the reason that black Bitcoin billionaires was and is such a large community is that not only were you able to kind of meet people where they were, um, but also to go into these situations where people were trying to shill these like bullshit tokens and having no idea what the fuck they were talking about. And you would just very carefully and methodically kind of deconstruct their arguments. Uh, whereas people like me would just like scream at them and say, you know, random <laughs> stuff. Um, so I guess I, there, it seems like there's a mismatch between like the experience that I had of you on Clubhouse right. and what you're saying now. And I think maybe the, the, the bridge is maybe you're saying, look, like I'm willing to spend hours genuinely trying to bring people who are, 
in these shitcoin communities and are totally going to get wrecked. Whereas like, I would kind of be like, look, I'll say the thing like five, 10, 15 times. And then after that, I'm just going to like, you know, say random shit. Cause I think that's funny. Whereas you would just say the thing 15 times, 30 times. Um, maybe what you're saying is if you're doing that stuff and then people still continue to, to make bad choices, then there, then it's kind of like, uh, it's true. Or maybe you're saying like each person has to basically advocate for what they believe in is true, but then the free market has to decide kind so, of. Let's use, let's use Mills' analogy. This is perfect. Mills' analogy. So me, I'm just like, I'm the guy standing out in front of the grocery store like steak belongs in the refrigerator. That's all I'm saying. If you want steak, it's in the refrigerator. And when you go in the store, you have the right to buy what's in the middle. That's how I'm saying. Like, I don't think it should be like, don't put the stuff in the middle of the store because just because, like I said, if there's apples and Cheetos, like don't put, don't go in there and say there's no Cheetos because they're not giving you any nutritional value. I'm saying outside the store, I'm just going to say apples give you amazing nutritional value. They provide this, 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 and this for your everyday life. And then when you go in the store, you choose. Like, I think sometimes regulation comes to take away your choices when the truth is, is that it takes this personal responsibility away. And that's why we wind up having a bunch of people who blame everything who blame the government. I've seen some woman blaming critical race theory for her son not doing chores. It's like, it's like there's some has to be some personal responsibility on all of us to learn, to educate yourself and make decisions based on the education that you have. And if you are just out making decisions based on somebody pointing, saying that that steak in the middle of the aisle is the best steak, then as you're going to eat the steak and get sick. That's how I feel, man. Like, I just stand out. I just want to give the information, Pete. So I give the information in those rooms. I'd be as you know methodical or whatever as I possibly can. But guess what? I'm not going into the place with them and saying you can't buy this. I'm not going. I'm not telling them take all of them off of Coinbase. I'm telling them like, hey, Coinbase is probably not the best for me because it's like for new people, it's it's hard for them to go in there. But I'm not telling people to shut down Coinbase. Give people choices. Because what winds up happening is the best choices wind up rising to the top. Like I said, in the forest. There's going to be a group of people dead. And after a while, nobody's going to die from those berries anymore because everybody's going to realize these are the only berries. So let Bitcoin do what it do. Like sometimes we get impatient and just want, oh, let's just take everything out. It's like, no, let people try all they want. Like let them build what they want. Let them keep trying, figuring it out or whatever. And Bitcoin just continues to chug along and chug along and become it's still the best regardless of what you keep doing. Right. And that's how I look at it. So. Mills, what do you all right. Think? So. So. I'm, I want the record to show that I am not advocating for regulation and banning of this fake meat, right? No, no. And I think the important delineation that you're touching on, P, is promoting a shitcoin versus buying a shitcoin, right? Those are very, very different things. And I think it's back to your original question, Q, honestly, about how do we bring in someone, let's say they were promoting a shitcoin. How do we, how do we, you know, they've moved past it. How do we, you know, treat and, and rehab or whatever? What does that look like? But my real, what I don't want happening and what I think is happening and what is really frustrating because I'm not advocating for regulations. I feel like some of the fake meat people, they realized that if they paid the grocery store a little bit, they could put their fake meat product next to the real meat product in the refrigerator, even if it doesn't need to be refrigerated. Because then if someone isn't educated and isn't discerning enough, 
they might just buy the fake meat. And I think that is what's happening. And that's where, yes, education is going to help that, but I don't want people being taken advantage of. I don't want people being scammed because they literally thought they were in the refrigerated section, but with corruption, with kind of this targeted, why are you shaking your head? Why are you shaking your head? Because that's the problem, Mills. It's like, they're not being taken advantage of. If, if, if I sit here and give you, what's a good thing that kind of looks the same? Oh, impossible meat and uh, a burger, right? You got an impossible burger and a burger. And the person is vegan. You get what I'm saying? It's like, who is it on for that person? You're not being taken advantage of if you willingly go and buy something. What happened is, is that you didn't do your own due diligence enough. Like right, right, if, right. Invest, if investors, if investors like I was taken advantage of because this company came in and said they were going to do all of these great things because that's what like freaking entrepreneurs say they're going to do everything. They're going to heal the world. They're going to fix everything. And investors go in and they say, I'm going to put my money on it. Some investors do incredible due diligence. Other investors don't. And so if those investors that do the due diligence walk away and say, this was some crap and the other investors put their money in, those investors were not taken advantage of. It's just that the people who are selling it, because here's what's so funny. This is what I found too, is a lot of people that are selling this stuff, they really believe what they're selling. They really believe that it's going to do all these things. They don't even have a deep deep enough technical knowledge of why it's going to blow up on Ethereum when they build it on Ethereum or why it's not going to work if they try to scale it out. They don't even have that much of a knowledge. So the people that are actually selling it are ignorant. They are ignorant themselves. So they think what they're selling is amazing. I saw Kevin O'Leary talking about freaking property on the blockchain again. And I'm thinking to myself, like, here we go. You get what I'm saying? Like, he's talking about it. This is a dude that was at the Bitcoin conference. And I see him talking now. He still don't get it. He's like, yeah, we can tokenize your property. And he don't understand the whole Oracle situation. He don't understand the point of trying to put something physical into something digital. He don't get it. He believes it himself. He thinks that what these other people have sold him is, is already good. So I think there's a long train of disconnection between what's real and what's not. And so wait, wait you so you gotta leave, you gotta leave it there, man. So wait, wait. So separate from all the analogies, uh, the steak analogy, the rotting meat analogy. I just keep thinking of Upton Sinclair, like you know, the guy falls into the vat and gets cooked into the meat, and I'm like, let's fucking go. I want to eat the human. No, I'm kidding. Um, jungle. Yeah, the jungle. The jungle. Um, but wait, wait. So separate from all the analogies, like, what are yeah. we actually talking about here? What is the thing, what? Mills, that you're advocating for? What yeah. is the thing that Lamar you are advocating for? Because I've lost the plot. I think Mills. Can I hear? It's, it's the best way to tell people this. I think Mills is saying that. We shouldn't allow things to be right next, right next up to Bitcoin, sold as Bitcoin, if it doesn't have the properties of Bitcoin. And it shouldn't even be, it shouldn't even be allowed to be on the shelf. Is that correct, Mills? I don't want it to be labeled as Bitcoin if it's not Bitcoin. What is what do you think labeled as Bitcoin if it's not? You talking about like BSV or yeah, she's talking about. I think I think like Bitcoin, Bitcoin cash. Ca- like Bitcash, stuff like that. Bitcoin or, cash. That you're talking about. Are you talking about like Ethereum? Or are you saying like going on an exchange? I realize we have like five people talking at you, and I'm sorry. Like <laughs> going on an exchange like Coinbase that has Bitcoin and everything else versus something like Strike or Cash App that is only Bitcoin oriented. Right. I think so, more so what you're saying, Q, but I also think there are products that are 
kind of passed off as Bitcoin. But I think, and, and I agree with you on this, Lamar, that I, I'm not saying the burden of responsibility is on the person who's making the thing at all. I, the, you need to know if you're a vegan and you're at the grocery store, you need to be able to tell the difference between fake meat and real meat, or you're not a vegan, you're or you're illiterate or something. So you need you need to be the one taking responsibility and ownership. I think what what I'm really saying and what I think to your point of education, I think it's educating the people promoting alternatives to Bitcoin that maybe they don't get it. I, I mean, it does seem like a missionary, like evangelistic, you know, hey, if they don't get it, sure. But I think maybe at the end of the day, there's a part of me that doesn't think that they don't get it. it I don't think they're just will, you know, like in, in ignorance. I think that a lot of them are willfully taking advantage and monopolizing and riding the wave of the stability that Bitcoin does provide. And instead of helping people, pointing people, building Bitcoin adjacent products that they are scamming. But that's my question though, Mills. It's like, if that's, who is it on? Wait, wait, like, wait. Believe me, I got people that try to sell me crazy stuff on the street all the time, <laughs> right? Just on the street. Like, hey bro, check yourself, man. I got this, da, 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 right? Wait, wait. On the street. But it's like, is it on me or them? Like, as long as I walk past them and say, I'm not giving you my money for that, then who is it on? I think you we're actually all on the same page. I, I, I suspect. I think that basically, uh, my view, and tell me if either of you disagree, it's is that, baby. what? No, I said, I like this. I, I, I disagree. Uh, fuck <laughs> it. Q, we're going to fight later. Um, <laughs> no, 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 we're on the same page. Uh, no, no, my view is that basically, uh, I totally agree with what you, with your sentiment, Mills. It is infuriating to me that there are all these bullshit tokens that basically affinity scam on Bitcoin, right? Like I said, I said this before, but um, I wouldn't care about Ethereum. I wouldn't feel so, uh, I wouldn't feel this like, you know, this kind of like gag reflex if it was presented in my opinion as it actually is, which is to say if Italic was like, yo, this is like some crazy startup bullshit. Like it doesn't really work right now, but we have a dream and we're going to make this dream real and blah, 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 blah. But that's not how it's presented. It's presented as a fait accompli. It's uh, fucking, you know, Ethereum 2.0, Ethereum 3.0, whatever. Like it's happening. It's going to happen. And they've delayed it like years and years and years. And they just keep building on the bullshit, right? I wouldn't care if it was accurately communicated. I think we all agree that like that is a terrible thing. And it it takes people away from this thing that we all feel is moral imperative to bring to as many people as possible, which is Bitcoin. It's, it's this life-changing, you know, savings technology. It's so many other things. Um, that's just one of them. But I think that we would all agree that the market is a free market or it should be a free market. And people should be able I, I, to advocate for whatever they want. But we also should be able to dunk on them and tell them to go fuck themselves or to put a lot of effort into educating other people or to do kind of whatever we want and all's fair in love and war and the market will decide. I, I think that basically at the end of the day, I don't think any of us would advocate for like regulation, but maybe we would. Is anyone, does anyone in this conversation think that like we should be regulating how Bitcoin is referred to? 
don't think it's you raised a finger. Oh, okay. I He's raised like, a yes. finger because I, I want to <laughs> add on to this point because I agree with like most of this conversation, but I think where I'm having a hard time and where I think I separate and deviate from this. Um, and I think I get what Lamar's point is and where he's, I think, disagreeing with you, Mills, is this idea that we have to dictate out or control what other people want to do. And as a result, if they go off and harm other people, is that our responsibility or not? And that's a genuine like question all Bitcoiners need to be asking because like, we use the argument that, hey, Bitcoin is simply code. And if code is just speech written on a computer algorithm and therefore freedom of speech should be protected by the first amendment, then any iteration of said speech, any changes to it, any adjustments, any recreations of it are theoretically also protected under those same guidelines. And just because we don't agree with it, just because we don't like it, just because we think it's a scam or we know it's a scam, doesn't necessarily mean it gives us now this absolute right to say, hey, no, 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 fuck you, Vitalik. Like, no. No, it does. Yes. We can it say is. that. But it feels. But, but it doesn't it feels, because it's yes, a slippery it slope. Yeah, no, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. It feels, slope. It we get to, this is a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, but it, no, it just feels so crusadish to me. It just feels like. Like, I want to just, I'm going to put my beliefs on your forehead. And if you don't believe it, let me cut you down and try to destroy you. And it's like, Wait. no, bro, like my, what I, what I am down with in, in the facts that I have are the facts that I have. Right. And I'm going to do it for myself because all of this, here's the one thing that we're missing, everybody. This is all opt in. Every sure. single thing we're talking about is you get to opt in or not. And if you decide to opt in, like half of us have had boyfriends or girlfriends that we opted into and they was crap when it was all said and done. They were marketed to us in a certain way and we found out that they were awful along the way and we opted in. Do we blame them for being the jerk of the dog? No, we blame ourselves. We go, what the heck? Why am I? Why did I even deal with her? Why did I deal with that dude? This is all opt-in. If it's opt-in, then we have to remember that it's on us individually. Ain't nobody coming to save you. There's no superhero. Wait, wait. Okay. But wait, Mills, can I say one thing and then you can jump in? Pure yes. freedom. Wait, wait. Freedom. I think, wait, wait, Lamar. I, I agree with you, but in the same way, it is my right to go in oh. and sh like shit all over whatever the project <laughs> is and to be yeah, super can, yeah. aggro about it if I want to. And no. other people can decide like, hey, look, that's not the effective way to communicate about this, right? I don't care like, if it is or not. Do what you want, Pete. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> like, exactly. Like, I don't never care about toxic people. I literally don't give a crap about toxic people. I try to tell the black, the, the yellow, I mean, the yellow belt, Maxis, look, check this out. I'm just trying to teach you so that when you go back in there and fight, you can fight better. Like, if you're going to go fight these people, they make you look real stupid when they start digging in and you have no facts. Now, all of a sudden, you look really crazy. Come to the dojo. Let me Miyagi you up. Get you, get you, let me get you some stuff so you can go back out there and fight. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Okay. I would like to, and I'd like to bring it back okay, to where back. we really all started. I am not saying Christmas. regulation. I am not saying we don't have freedom of speech. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying that I think when we value our community, we take the time 
to share with the people that are in our circle to help them. It is not that we are mandated to do so or not able to freely speak about. It's none of that. It's that we are motivated to protect our community and build our community. And there, that is that is the thrust. It is not, you know, that it should be illegal to do bad things or to say whatever you want. Right. We're on the same page. Yeah, that's definitely on my page, because that's what I'm saying. I'm just going to That's on your page, too? You know it is. That's what I'm just saying. I just educate well, everybody. Yo, let me see your page. Lamar, like, go to that just, page. Hey, Lamar. I got my page right here. Free panties from somewhere. I don't know. Free panties. From somewhere. <laughs> hey, no, I love like, the place. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my free panties right now. I, I didn't even. I looked down. That's what I was looking down at. I was like, I guess it's my daughter's or my wife's soap. It's like free panties. No purchase required. It's um, a safe space, Lamar. <laughs> it's pink. It's pink. I don't even know what pink is. Anyway, um, but uh, <laughs> okay. Thank you, Mills. I appreciate yeah, that. You're welcome. You, you can clearly see. I just get the car. Y'all go do what you're gonna do. Oh, um, but uh, <laughs> no. But I, I think we're all on the same page. I think for us, the community, building the community, educating the community, that kind of thing is a powerful thing. But I think on the flip side of that, do I think that we, they need to come after? Because I just don't like taking any freedoms away like that. I, I enjoy choice. I enjoy free will. I don't think that the government should be getting into things that are opt-in, just to be real about it. Like if it's an opt-in, like stay up out of my business. Like I should be able to, as long as what I'm doing is not harming someone else, get out of my business. You know what I'm saying? So we all agree on freedom and we all agree that it's important to give back to your community and provide education, invest time to help people (laughs) make the right decision at the grocery store. (laughs) <laughs> wait what <laughs> yeah what's the right decision but, <laughs> but bitcoin is but totally different you're not allowed to shit coin don't forget no that's real no yeah i mean look i i think that we all you are have... allowed it's just consequences you might get canceled you might not get to speak at another conference there's a whole bunch of stuff you ain't gonna be able to do if you start getting that you might yeah you'll get to speak yeah, you get, you'll get shanked yeah, exactly as yeah, i mean not literally Metaphorically, Shane. You hang out with the P enough, literally. Literally. Wait. We... Go ahead, P. Go ahead, Bill. I just realized that we've got a L, M, and a P, Q, but we really have, a, we're, we're really working towards a whole stretch of alphabet. Sorry, that was a real irrelevant off, but I just looked at all of our letters. Someone go get. Odell, he will be our O, and we need an N. I need an N stat. Right. You got one in my name. L-M-N-O-P-Q. <laughs> For those oh who didn't God. pick up on what we were talking about. Yeah, everybody who's a little bit slow motion on it. But I, I think um, I think we're in a good spot. I think this was a great conversation. Like, when are we going to have more debates like this, Q? Like, put Bro, me on stage. I, honestly, Look, Lamar, put me on I stage with Kevin. Invite. I, yeah, I'm going to tell do. you right now, I want to steal you for 20 more minutes. I, I'm not okay. letting you go for 20 more minutes. If, That's fine, if, man. If you... I, I listen, I opened it up for you because I messed up the last time. So I told Bro. my wife, don't be doing that. I'm not doing nothing today. I'm chilling with you. I don't care what you got me doing. I'm on. You know what I'm no, saying? This has been great. Look, I I think we, we are on the same page. And I think there's, there's something that maybe I'm just going to say, and we could, again, agree with, or we might not. But I think there is also a valuable lesson for people to learn to go down the shitcoin path. 
and to go down and get scammed. Like, dude, I'll be honest. I'll share this story. I got scammed in college out of like almost $2,000. And like, it was Damn, a, son. It was a really embarrassing issue. Like it was so stupid looking back. I was like, I fell for that. But like, not, like I learned from that. I've become so much better, much more cunning. I've caught my friends in the middle of a scam. And be like, that's a scam. Two weeks later, I'll get a phone call. How did you fucking know? But like, I had to go through that very expensive lesson at an early age. And I kind of think some of this altcoinery is exactly that. I got a text from a good friend from college, literally after months of us going back and forth, dude, I've got so much in Luna, man. This is, you know, Do Kwan, man. He's carrying Bitcoin. You got you to gotta put some in there. Sends me a text <laughs> last week. Dude, I am a Bitcoin maxi now for sure. And like, that's a growing pain. It's a lesson that had to be learned, a very expensive lesson. But I think it's also an important lesson. And sometimes, you know, to our points today, like you want to go down the shit coin path? God bless, my friend. I, I hope you are successful. And I hope the lessons you learn are not very expensive. But where do where do you guys feel about that? Are you like, yo, you're on your own down there, or are you trying to, to save people? Q, answer. Look, look, check yourself. Don't it seem very contradictory or ironic? For a bunch of people who were not put on masks in the midst of a of a huge pandemic in Miami two years ago, two conferences ago, to be this like just basically say let the let the freaking disease run its course, to then also be the same people that say we need to get rid of all the diseases. We need to we need to make sure everybody has a mask away from every one of the diseases. To me, it doesn't make sense. There's such an irony there. For people who say they are uh, completely capitalist and about freedom to be the same people that are like, don't let people lose their money on stuff. Like to me that it doesn't work out. It just, to me, it just, again, it feels very crusadish. It feels very much like my way. And it has to be this way because I want to win completely. Not understanding that you already in the, because I truthfully believe that some of these people that act like they got so much faith in Bitcoin, they really don't have as much faith as they say they have in Bitcoin. They really don't think it's going to win. They really feel like one of these other coins, if it gets enough popularity, if enough people start to use it, it's going to flip Bitcoin. Like, you need to question yourself. You don't really believe in Bitcoin. You just want Bitcoin to win because you dollar cost average since it was at 19,000 and you wanted to get to a certain point because you feel like, oh, I've put my time in. The truth of the matter is, is that you should be believing in you shouldn't be believing in Bitcoin. You should be understanding Bitcoin. It's not about belief. If you understand Bitcoin, you don't give a crap what else is out there because you know you're gonna win in the first place. Period. That's what I'm saying. I, I just feel like this community gets so some people, and this it's really the Twitter guys. I just got on Twitter. It's really the Twitter people. Like they get so backwards in one breath, they want people to die from COVID. If you die, you die anyway. In the same breath, they don't want people to lose a hundred dollars to I don't know. Name of name a coin. You get what I'm saying? It's a Litecoin, right? It's the craziest thing to me. Let let the thing do what it's gonna do. And if you know Bitcoin's the best, you do it. That's how I feel, Q. That's where it comes from, right there. Go ahead, Miss Mills. Let the people buy fake meat. Right. Let them buy it. It might be delicious. We've been doing it at Taco Bell forever. Like Taco Bells have fake meat forever. And then when they found out, did people stop going to Taco Bell? No, they just doubled down and made fake chicken. Now they got French fries. Like, it's like nobody's telling Taco Bell stop selling fake beef. Let them buy it, but, let but me also eat my horse meat from Taco Bell in peace. 
Come on, right, Omar. right. Eat it. But also, look, look you know, <laughs> now I'm just thinking. I mean, look, I've been talking about like insect milk for the last like week, man. Let's fucking go. I literally said, "Oh no!" in in this room the moment. The moment it went back to you, Mills, we're done interrupting you. Chris, mute I'm sorry, Mills. Yeah, I'm sorry, let me mute myself. We joking too much. Go ahead, Mills. Let them eat fake meat, as Marie Antoinette said. Thank you, thank you. Um, but it doesn't mean that we can't talk to people when we see them. If if they're talking to us about it, I think you. I want to have an open door policy in that. Someone could be like, "Hey, I'm I'm doing this. I'm not under. I'm not sure I understand this. I'm like, how do I, you know, is this a, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to give people advice on their investments, but if someone comes to me and is like, "Hey, can I ask you, Luna? Like, what's the deal or Doge? I don't want to laugh at them. I don't want to tell them that they're stupid. I'm going to say, "Hey, let me break it down for you. Let me explain the difference here." And, and there's a difference and there's a certain humility that, yeah, if you think Bitcoin's going to win, if you are long on Bitcoin and it's, you're right, it's not faith. It's just like, hey, I, this is what I've chosen. This is the path I'm on. Here we are. Then, yeah, I'm not threatened by anything else that comes about. But I also want to give time to explain that to people and to explain, hey, well, so this beef comes from a cow. This beef comes from a laboratory. You know, and there's a, there's a huge difference here. And this is kind of how I see it. And this is my vantage point. And I think it's back to the, how do you welcome in a former shitcoiner queue? Because it's harder for me to forgive someone that was promoting something unless, yeah, they, they didn't understand, they didn't know. But I think that's why having conversations and having dialogues with different people and breaking it down to them of what makes Bitcoin unique what makes Bitcoin special and leaning on the strengths of Bitcoin instead of all the things that are off, you know, like when you, you look at a fake purse, a fake bag, you know, you, you, you compare it to an original, you say on an original, this is how the logo is. This is how the stitching is. This is how it looks. And so you can hold anything up to Bitcoin and you can say, Hey, this is this compared to this. Thanks for letting me talk, guys. You guys are great. We wanted to make sure you had an uninterrupted moment. <laughs> so did. Every time you open your mouth, all the men <laughs> felt like they had yeah, to interrupt you. Look at me. <laughs> look at me. No, I'm, just making, I'm just making funny facial expressions. I'm contributing, guys. I'm helping. I keep, I keep laughing. Um, but Mills, I, I hear exactly what you said. I think we all, I, I really do believe closer to the same page now. I just, I don't know. It's just a, it's, it's just been weird for me because when I first started in Bitcoin, a lot of the people that you even know now were experimenting with all kinds of stuff. You can find plenty of forums with some of your favorite Bitcoiners talking about Litecoin and putting stuff on Litecoin and doing stuff like, right? Nobody, I, nobody I remember hardly ever really fooled with Ethereum, like, and let's just be all the way real. But um, like using Litecoin as an experimental thing, like people were just talking about and messing with everything. And I think we went through some cycle. I think we had like, the engineering and libertarian, very um, anarchist cycle. That was the beginning, right? And then we moved into the financial cycle where it was all of these guys, a number go up, like the money part, the monetary part. And I think now we're moving more into like a marketing cycle. And I think it's everybody has 
enough information from the blogs and from the podcast. Think about all the podcasts. Like, shout out to a dude. Um, I'm not going to say his name, but there's a dude who barely knew anything about Bitcoin that has blew up extremely fast in this type of environment, right? As far as being a person that is a media individual. But that's because we've moved into this marketing like media cycle of Bitcoin where people are just using talking points and saying the same things over and over again. And the memes are carrying the way, right? That kind of thing. Um, <laughs> it's not too cute. It ain't you. People who know who I'm talking about know who I'm talking about. Um, so you, you, you see that we've moved into that cycle. And because of that cycle, the, the ideas about how Bitcoin are and how you can have the freedom change. Right. When you come from a libertarian type of group of individuals, them cats ain't they they someone we ain't gonna take it type stuff, right? Like I always tell the story of uh, flip-flops and uh ARs. That's what I was like going to a basement, that's what you see, you know. Say, y'all crazy. Um <laughs> I can't I can't do this while I'm talking. <laughs> um, so that's the kind of mentality that I saw early on in the space. And now it's like a completely different group of individuals out here. And I think it's gonna keep morphing. As more people get into the idea of Bitcoin and they start getting in, into custody, think about it. The mentality is going to completely change for people who just the first their first Bitcoin is in custody and they never talk to any of us to tell them to get it on their own wallet. Those people's mentality is going to be completely different. Twitter's going to change. People are going to be talking about Bitcoin in a whole different way. And I think we just got to just understand that's where it's coming. And that's why you have to have your grounded roots in understanding why Bitcoin why it exists, what it is. And once you get that understanding, then you just sit back and chill. You don't care about the price. You don't care about none of that. You just accumulate, go to Nashville, hang out with 100 people. You know what I'm saying? Chill. You feel me? My friends, sorry, Q, I have to derail us for just a second longer. I just discovered insect oh. milk is a real thing. Holy fucking shit. I have to find myself some. Are you serious? Dairy what derivative or superfood? What is insect milk? It, there's a whole, it's a whole thing on, on, on YouTube. I mean, on uh, fucking Google. Just what do they do? Just crush the, do they just crush No, the there's like some type of cockroach that like makes like milk. Sponsored by the World Economic I Club. am so right now. Now. Christmas Klaus, definitely like he like suckles on the teat of a giant like uh, bioengineered cockroach that's like, kill me. And Klaus is like just, Milk in that. Anyway, uh, these are I facts. You can look it up. Throw up if we continue this conversation. So that's what I'm here for. You're getting I, muted. Wait, wait. <laughs> another thing that's going to make everybody throw up. Let's talk about this fucking Vitalik thread before we have to close out. Oh, this yes. is like if this isn't something. Yeah, the contradictions. The contradictions. He, you, you know, he's drinking that insect milk. That's why well, he looks the way he does. Let me, P, if I may, let me teach you the way we introduce oh. Vitalik on this show. Excuse me. Because Vitalik has founded one truly incredible piece of uh, software is a, is a stretch, but I would like he founded something truly remarkable. He really did, and that was Bitcoin Magazine. And then his <laughs> second child, second child is what we're going to talk about now. Ethereum. That that is the way we introduce Vitalik, our actual father, our first father, who gave us up for adoption, and we are so grateful for his stepdaddy. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Uh, that's I good. Didn't <laughs> Mills, unmute, unmute, Mills, unmute, unmute, Mills. <laughs> it's a different mother, though, right, Q? <laughs> yes, yes, different mom. 
a whole new marriage. Okay. We were put up for adoption and, and that is how we found our new family. So is Ethereum test tube baby? Like, was it a... Uh... You know how like some people have second families? <laughs> That's and you say that's Bitcoin Magazine's relationship with our step or technically half quarter. We'll call it a quarter brother. Our quarter okay. brother Ethereum. But what but there it, is? Is it like how Michael Jackson had blanket? Is it that kind? It's exactly. Of like- it's exactly the same thing. Okay. Okay. It's a great. It's I a great. <laughs> I so, wouldn't even call that an analogy. That's just like straight. That's straight one up. One comparison. Yeah. The big one from this thread, the big tweet from this thread that we'll post in the chat as well so everyone can follow along. It's a series of contradictions that Vitalik is sharing that he's sort of grappling with. And the one in particular I want to highlight is the second one. Because last week on the show, we were joined by Brandon Green, who actually shared a theory or idea that he genuinely believes that Vitalik could actually end up coming back to Bitcoin. And in this actual contradiction, I will just read it contradiction between my desire to see Ethereum become a more Bitcoin-like system, emphasizing long-term stability and stability. I swear to God, he put stability and stability, including culturally and my realization that getting these require, getting there requires quite a lot of active, coordinated, short-term change. Like maybe you getting out of the driver's seat. I'd love your guys' thoughts. Just, you know, Vitalik has been a very notable figure in the crypto world he has become the face of crypto land with so many projects being built on top of ethereum he was he was a part of the bitcoin community and a developer i believe very early on before he branched off to essentially go off and form ethereum what happens though when someone like that turns around and is like you know what all of the work i've done is probably wrong and we probably should have just focused in on bitcoin like what what could that have this is my dream scenario I do not think it is realistic to say like Vitalik's just going to shut down Ethereum. He's getting too much money from all the VCs up in Silicon Valley and in Wall Street to ever just turn it off. That's just my two cents there. I have a super brief. I've, I've, it's not a fantasy and that's going to sound weird, but like I've thought and, and, and entertained the thought of what if he comes back to Bitcoin and, and how do we, like he prodigal sons, how does it go? Another biblical reference for you, Lamar. Um, it won't worry. It won't matter. And you know, there is this thought of did he just try to reinvent the wheel? You know, like he he thought, I'm gonna make another wheel. This is great, more wheels. And and that's I mean, I have more granular thoughts, but big picture, uh, I don't know. It won't matter. Even even if he comes back to Bitcoin, it won't matter. Because the cat's out of the bag. It's like whoever whoever invented crack, they might have looked back and said, Oh, it destroyed so many people. But it was too late. Crack's out, people selling it. It's, it's, it won't matter. Like they won't the people who are trying to make money and create these scams and these Ponzi schemes and whatever else they're building on it, it's it's already out the bag. You've already done it. But I do think um the irony of it is is that. Uh, people were telling Vitalik very early on, a lot of the developers were telling him, like, this type of a design is not going to work in a decentralized manner. They tried to tell him this before Ethereum even was born, right? They told him this is not going to work. And 
he didn't listen then. And now that you're seeing that it's not working and the fact that they have to move to a 2.0 or basically they move into a database type of architecture system. It just lets you know, like, sometimes you just got to listen to the people who know what they're talking about. Right. It's really all it boils down to. So that's all. If, if he came back, it's cool. I ain't got no beef with the man. Uh, it is what it is. Again, do what you do, bro. Do you have any fake beef with him? Yes. <laughs> Center of the aisle, uh, fake beef <laughs> that is sprinkled with insect milk. Clearly. Wow. Yeah, Full go, circle. Go ahead. Yeah, P, what do you think, man, about the contradictions, bro? Man, I'm so sorry. I'm just like scrolling through insect milk. I'm just going down the rabbit hole. Um, no, man, I think, I think that uh, Vitalik has always had, to be honest, like in my opinion, very little to add to Bitcoin. I think that he is, he's not even like, he's part of a, a group of people. And I think they successfully identified, like, if we put the person who is perceived as being the weirdest, like there, this was during a time in Silicon Valley, where like being autistic, being the sort of like weird, uh, technically focused entrepreneur member of the team was super sexy. And he's just the front man. He, he has a lot of power there. Certainly he's like the CEO of, of Ethereum. That's like, I mean, I'm doing air quotes there, but, uh, that's the reason he's the face of it. There are other people who are deeply invested in Ethereum and who are who are part of deciding what happens. He's just the face, um, who has a lot of power, but he's he's one of the faces. I think that this is nothing more than him trying to engineer a graceful exit from a totally fucked uh, situation. Situation. And I think that this is just the first step. I think in a couple months or a year or whatever, he's going to, as the time goes on, he's going to post more and more like, oh, I had some other realizations. He's known what the fuck was going on from the start. And uh, this is all just moving chess pieces around on the board. Before he even tried. Yeah. Before he even did. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't care if he comes back to Bitcoin. I don't think he has anything to add to it. Um, Bitcoin don't need none of us. Like real talk, like Bitcoin, like Bitcoin just is what it is. It's an amazing invention. Like wheels don't need us. Wheels exist. It's like Bitcoin exists. Well, thank you, Q. Yeah, this is awesome. Guys, this was awesome. This was a lot of fun. A big thank you to our guests who joined us today, both Lamar Wilson and Specific Mills. Make sure you give them both a follow on Twitter if you're not already. Oh.